Shake, shake your water. There is no Topo Chico today. Uh. Yeah. Welcome, everyone. We are the Topo Chico Less Riding Gravel Radio Ranch. <laughs> it's episode 106. Oh, yeah. I'm here with, uh, this is Guitar Ted, by the way, with New York Roll here in the Stone Castle Estates. And, um, we are sponsored by Bike Rags. Again, Bike Rags is an apparel company that can sponsor you or provide you. They don't sponsor you. They provide you with swag or promotional items that are suitable for your club, for your race, your event. Things like koozies, jerseys, t-shirts, hats, and the like. Please see Tony at Bike Rags, www.bikeragsapparel.com. Thanks for sponsoring the Riding Gravel Radio Ranch. If you go there, let them know that Tony, let Tony know that we sent you there or you heard about it here. I'd, we'd appreciate that. Another thing I wanted to touch upon, Mr. Roll, is that um, I've had some people comment about the accessibility of this podcast. So I thought we should address why things have changed and how you can access this podcast. So first of all, uh, we, I, was experiencing some production difficulties getting this uh, podcast out. So that necessitated a change in the way things were done. And due to that change, all the old feeds had to go away. And I really didn't have any recourse there. So to get things out in a timely manner, that's what had to happen. So because of that, we had to kind of build from ground zero. And uh, that started after episode number 98. So if your feed stopped at episode 98, that's why. And uh, we are available on Spotify. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google. And what's the other one? Uh, Podchaser, which is uh, Podcast 2.0. Right, right. And we're going to be getting on some other platforms as well in the future as we can get get that done. Uh, so hopefully we'll get everything back the way it used to be. But, you know, unfortunately, we did have to start from ground zero and it was because of the uh, lack of timeliness in getting episodes produced. So yep. now I have control of that. So that has been solved. <laughs> so I just wanted to address that because a couple of people were saying, you know, we were we were promoting the last podcast and people were saying, well, I can't find it, you know. It's, so. I got to crack the Apple code. It's hard to find. Yeah. Um, so I probably need to start posting the link when I do my Instagram mm-hmm. posts. And uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's lifecoach at Strava, um, or just look up Dave Roll. And, yep. you know, if you follow Guitar Ted, you can find me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So that's out of the way. Um, we're going to have a special guest today, Mr. Roll. Who is it? Uh, Nate Kolbaum from the Iowa City area. Uh, he uh, uh, helped out with the Core 4 race. I think they... Uh, used him and uh he's been putting on down a fat bike race down there at lake mcbride out of uh solon iowa um i've done it three years i believe they moved it out to a golf course country um you know the country house out there uh or the clubhouse shall you say and the for the golf course in solon um it's got bike path and it's got some single track it's got some double track it's got a little bit of everything mm-hmm. um 
I have this is a, a fat bike race you're talking it's about. It's a yeah. fat bike race. Yep. And it usually takes place in mid February. That's yeah, uh, one of the later ones, isn't it? Yeah, but it's also the one that probably has the most snow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. um yeah, I mean fat bike races are fun. Yeah. And uh you know, there's a lot in common with gravel. Do they use gravel on that course? Uh the bike path they have down there is gravel. Or at least I think it's gravel. It's usually under a sheet of ice. So, yeah. It's kind uh, of tall, but, yeah. Is that that same bike path we used with Dave Pryor? No. no. Well, one? they connect. Um, this one's a long, long, a smaller lake. And then uh, you go into, well, I don't want to steal Nate's thunder, but there is a beautiful brewery down there, Big Grove Brewery, the right. Solon location. I, I like the Solon location over the uh, Iowa City location. Um but then again, I'm not a fan of big places. I kind of like smaller buildings and structures and stuff. Or intimate. <laughs> <laughs> or I just hate being around a bunch of people. <laughs> well, well, there's yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, I hate being honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess something that I saw yesterday. Yeah. That, um, let me see if I can if it's still up. Uh, there was a race out in Pennsylvania called the Oil Boom that I've been following. Yeah, you've talked about that before with yeah. me, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if this is a good race amplifier or not. I what, I don't see it up anymore. They may have been taking it down. Um, they evidently he's been posting a free race, and someone blew him into the park police. And he's been having exchanges with the park police. Yeah. And he was clear about how he hasn't. Um, he's just passing through. There's not an actual road closure. They're not taking over the roads, yada, yada. Um, <clears throat> but I guess it goes back to watch how you're phrasing things because people will misconstrued or leverage a improper word or phrasing to their benefit to try to mm-hmm. – Shut you down. And also, if you're going to do a race or even a ride, you should probably clear it with the sheriff. You should probably clear it with a whole bunch of people and let them know that you're around. Um, Because you don't know what you don't know until you... Head off your problems before they happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, when we did the COG, we filed a report with the sheriff's office. And they were like, okay, why are you talking to us? Right. But it's better to have that than be out there and all of a sudden hey, what are you guys doing out here you know you can't be doing that so yeah i mean which i've had that too <laughs> even with me putting on a mountain bike race up at ingoanas i had to call it into the sheriff's office yeah yeah bunch of riffraff out here what's going on yeah well they were like again why are you talking to me i was like well this was part of the agreement with the parks department i have to call it in just to let you know that we'll be out there between these and this hours and if we need to catch medical assistance, we would like you to come to this gate entrance because we would think there's an event. We would have more maneuverability on the logging trails, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, all the logistics of yep. putting on an event. Yep. Speaking of events and difficulty of putting them on, uh, another thing came up was that Rooted Vermont, which is Ted King's event. I think they've done it three times up there in Vermont. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's been going on longer than that. Yeah, the report I said said it had been three editions of it, but maybe it's been longer than that. Well, there was a Vermont race I used to follow called Rasputis, 
I know that's rap, Raputista. That's, yeah. I think, yeah, that's still going on. Yeah, I know they've been doing it for years. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. And then I thought Ted King would start off doing something. Never mind, maybe. Uh, His event was rooted in Vermont. So anyway, they, he uh, called it off indefinitely. Hashtag toxic gravel. Well, I'm not really sure. Nobody really knows. It was kind of a vague post where he said something to the effect that there was issues in the gravel scene that they didn't like. Him and Ian Boswell going at it. I don't know. <laughs> I Two no Vermont idea. pros. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I we, doubt it. I have no I idea. Just. I have no idea what's going on there. But, you know, um, there's a lot of speculation around that. I, As an event promoter from the past, I used to put on Trans Iowa back in the day. Um, you know, as an event promoter, you understand. We can talk to Nate about this, too. You have those things in the back of your mind that would be negatives to putting on an event. And one of those is the liability of it, you know, and it doesn't really matter if you, have, well, just get insurance. Well, that doesn't take care of your mental no. side. You know? I mean, when we did the one full year of COG, I had a blast interacting with people via email. They were asking me questions and I was mm-hmm. answering them. And when we went to COG 2.0, you know, pandemic year, I was kind of annoyed by the questions I was being asked. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, dude, you did it last year. Uh, you know we're not going to provide you the route. Right. <laughs> You're right. going to get the route the morning of. Yeah. Your cue sheets. Yeah, dealing dealing with people is, is yeah. another side of it, too. So, you know, I I was raised most of my adult life in, in retail. Yeah. And having to deal with customers. So um, a lot of that goes right hand in hand when you're talking with people that are coming to an event. So. Yeah. Um, trans, I was a little bit different because, uh, I didn't charge anything for yep. it. So, you know, I was dictating what was going to happen and that was the way it was. Um, had, when you get people paying for something, they expect certain things because yep. for their money and they should, uh, what they expect might not be what you thought you were going to provide. And there, there's some rub there, Yeah, you know, and then you also have the issues with, uh, like I said before, the liability where, you know, what if someone crashes and injures themselves severely? Or what if you have a uh, incident where someone maims themselves or, or worse dies, you know? And those are things that you have to consider as an event promoter that uh, they're unsavory, but, you know, that's the reality of the world. And, you know, uh, it's not going to be the dead guy that sues you. It's going to be his family. And you don't know who they are. The guy that came to your race might be the coolest guy in the world, but, you know, you don't know anything about his family. Yeah. And uh, how aggressive they're going to go after you. So, I don't know. Yep. So, you're dialing up our guest now, aren't uh, you? Hold on. <laughs> Give me a second, Nate. Technology. All right. Nate, can you hear us? I can hear, yeah. Should I do speaker or just talk into the phone like a phone conversation? Uh, you can do wherever you want, sir. Well, you're live with us now, so you're recording. So okay. If you want to change okay. it up and make it more comfortable for yourself, go for it. All right. I'll, I'll try speaker if it's not going to affect sound quality or anything. Then I can, if I need to look at anything, it's easier for me. So You've known me for well, years. How often have I been serious about much? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, I'm here. Cool. Yep. That sounds, sounds good. good. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Nate. Uh, this time we actually have a SIM card in. <laughs> I wasn't even going to ask. That's an inside joke, folks. Yeah. <laughs> really good interview. It'll never be heard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. 
we'll have another chance to do that interview. Oh yeah. I hope so. Yeah. So how's it down in Iowa city right now? We got snow up here, which is. We've got, we've got a dusting. The grass is poking through. Um, and it's, it's kind of wet and soggy underneath. So not, not frozen, but I've been out, um, getting some trail runs in, uh, just enjoying short little jogs out in the, you know, beautiful snowy wonderland. Um, all the snow is kind of sticking to the trees, which is always nice when it does that. Yeah. It's frocking the trees. That's good. Yeah. We've got the same conditions up here. We're about an hour and 10 minutes North of you. Um, <clears throat> didn't know how much, I just know sometimes route 20, route 30 have different weather patterns. Um, so you're putting on the Lake McBride fat bike race. Is this year number five or six? This will be year number six. Six. And you're still putting it in and out in Solon at the golf course. Yeah, this will be our fourth year, third or fourth year at the golf course. Yeah. Uh, at the golf club. So it's a big, you know, big country club golf club with a restaurant and a, you know, kind of like banquet hall underneath. Uh, we haven't, we haven't utilized that, the bottom floor yet, but um, the upstairs restaurant bar is I think a great, great location for us. So we're, we're very happy to have that. And I think it's, you know, it's nice to have hot food, uh, restaurant bar at the, at the start and finish. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially for a fat bike race. That's awesome. Um, yeah, just get right right inside and get warm as soon as you're done, you know? Yeah. You are uh, having any uh, vendors on site or any uh, demos again like you did the one year? We uh, we haven't contacted our, you know, Otso has been there the past couple of years yep. with demos, and it's been great. And people, people can reserve a demo ahead of time and pick it up the day before the race. They don't have to, you know, take care of that on race day, which is awesome. Uh, I haven't check with them to see if they're going to be there again that's uh i'll probably do that later this week so. yeah i've been i've been rocking an Otso voitech i think since the first year they came out I, yeah i think it is yeah i really really enjoy the uh, narrow bottom bracket on it so they've got a new bike out yeah yeah, yeah bottom bracket's they, not yeah, narrow the, the voitech remains unchanged ever since that original model i mean it was just perfect for what yeah. they wanted you know oh yeah it's been a good bike for me yeah, I don't hesitate to say it's the best fat bike, you know, as long as you don't need mega wide tires. Um, yep. But that new one has that. The, yeah. new, the new one they the have does one, have one. Yeah, the new one has a wider key factor, uh, still less than your usual fat bike. And that one has, that one comes stock with 26 by 5 inch tires. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's a steel bike. It's kind of a different beast entirely. Right. But it's, it does have still a, a decent Q factor compared to the, the usual. So um, that's good. And I think it makes a big difference. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. For those people who need those big tires, that's a, kind of a cool, that's the bike that takes tires that don't even exist yet. I think, isn't it? Yeah. I think they said something like uh, they could take five uh, and a quarter inch tires, but they, I don't think anybody makes a tire that big yet. I yeah. Thought, I mean the five inch tires that come on it, like there's, not like they're cramming it in there you know the chain's not rubbing on it yeah and there's still plenty of room for a five inch yeah so, it's a pretty neat bike for I the people there was an off that. brand like v rubber that like had a five and a quarter inch tire yeah these white it's a little over five it's not quite as big as what the mm. odds will take 
yeah. from what I understand. But anyway, giving some Otto some love there <laughs> off the beaten track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, they'll, they'll, I can show them this, and that'll incentivize them to come again. So there you go. Um, we we can check that box. They have to come now. <laughs> <laughs> All about helping Perfect. you out, bud. Yeah. Um, so what's your race format? You have different distances. Um, I think one year you kind of had a party ride feel to the one one route. Um, usually the volunteer yeah. firefighters are out there with a the bacon station, if I recall. Yeah, the bacon station has been there uh, every year. The race format has remained unchanged for the most part. So there's the, the race has been around 20 you know, I think as little as 25 miles and as many as 32. But every year, the, the top finishers kind of come in at around two hours. And then the, the tail end is, is out there five or six hours for, you know, that 25 to 32 mile distance. It's It's been 28 to 32 the past few years. That's kind of what it'll probably stay at. And then we offer like a 11 to 15 mile fun ride uh, where it's, you know, people get a number plate, but it's not time for them. Um, you know, they can just go, they can just go ride. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's, that's remained unchanged for the most part. That's cool. Yeah. I just know the one year there was a, uh, so Nate puts us on, what's the state park you go into that we're not allowed to ride in except on race day? Yeah. So <laughs> um, I should real quick uh let you guys know that um the, really who puts this race on um the way it started um since you keep saying it's my race <laughs> i just want to get it like it, uh, out of there real quick like um so i manage sugar bottom bikes the bike shop and one of our customers approached us six years ago and he's a member of the soul lions club in solon and the solon lions club you know they they wanted to do a bike race to raise money for the club. Mm-hmm. And their idea was a fat bike race at Lake McBride. And, you know, their, their idea was just kind of like a casual event ride where you, there's like a pea gravel trail that goes along the lake, you know, it's like five miles long. So um, I instantly was like, yeah, let's do this. And then, you know, I know I wanted to include all the trails at Lake McBride. Um, so John, the owner of Sugar Bottom, Bikes, myself and the Lions Club, you know, we got this thing organized. And, um, you know, John is a huge sponsor for the race in that I spend a lot of my time this time of year, like while I'm at the shop working on the race. So, you know, I'm essentially, I do a lot of volunteer work with it, but a lot of it is I'm actually on the clock working for the shop. So it's kind of like the bike shop and the Lions Club puts it on. And I'm kind of the mastermind of, you know, everything that we do. And then the Lions Club provides all the volunteers and support. Um, So that's kind of, you know, the gist of, I would say that Sugar Bottom Bikes and the Lions Club, uh, that's who puts the race on. And, you know, I just channel everything. um, And they do, they do what I ask. And I, they pretty much trust me to, uh, use my judgment to, you know, whatever we want to do. I say, let's do this. And uh, pretty much always they're like, yeah, let's do it. So nice. Uh, well, obviously it's been successful to some degree cause you're still around doing it. So 
I would imagine yeah. if it hadn't worked out, it would be gone by now. Yep. Yeah. No. Every every yep. year. Um, so uh, I forgot where we were before. I kind of wanted to just get that <laughs> um, get that out there. Um, let's um, talk about the course. You talked about the pea gravel bike path that uh, I happened to yeah. smack the earth on with Mike Maney behind me <laughs> and bet my front rim. Oh, that's right. I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, so the course, I think it's uh, it's probably a pretty unique course for a fat bike race. You know, I know fat bike races come in all shapes and flavors, uh, but I think probably the most, you guys tell me if you agree with this or not, like probably the most familiar popular format for fat bike racing is, is kind of like a cross-country mountain bike race. I think that's how they do it up in Minnesota and Wisconsin, where the majority of them are held, right, where you're doing yeah. multiple laps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is more... You know, this is probably why I'm on the Gravel Podcast Radio. Is I feel like this is more in the in the spirit and feel of a mass start gravel race, in that um, you know the 32 mile course is a full 32 mile loop. It's not laps. Uh, you're not repeating the same thing ever, and you're encountering just a wide range of terrain and trails, gravel, pavement, grass, snowmobile trail, hiking trail. Uh, you name it. Um, so that's that's kind of the course, you know. Uh, I think, you know, you'll probably get a couple thousand feet of climbing in the 32-mile course. Nice. So it's, it's a beast for for climbing. I wondered about that because I know it can be hilly down there. Yeah, it, it definitely is. The, uh, the pea gravel trail on the lake is flat, you know, obviously because it's on the shoreline. But pretty much everything else is, is you know, going up and down. There's some... There's some uh, a handful of thirty second to minute long climbs, you know, a handful of them out there. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, some the short, punchy variety, huh? Yeah. Last year, I think he mm-hmm. ran them out on a B road that was drifting in while it was racing, so people had to like blast through a drift. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. So the B road was two years ago. Okay. And uh, it was heavily drifted snow and. And we groomed the course with a snowmobile and and uh, a roller, you know. So <clears throat> it is groomed, but this B road was just <clears throat> the drifts were just epic. Like it was like some Antarctica level drift, <laughs> um, you know. And John John uh, groomed it, but it it blew over, and it was almost like the, the grooming path was still there, but you had to be like a Jedi to find it. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah and I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember Mike Maney telling me his story. He was duking it out with Brian Eppin that year, and like Eppin totally Jedi'd that secret groom path underneath the drift, and and Maney was just like couldn't find it, and Eppin just like left him in the dust there. Yeah, you know the everyone else. I mean, we had there was also probably a solid like twenty mile per hour headwind on that road. So it wow. Was, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was uh, challenging. Some people perspectives on their lives i think just for that short b road <laughs> <laughs> oh for sure i can see that so that uh a lot of that what you're describing there kind of sounds like the the first 25 miles of triple d i don't know if you've ever uh, done yeah, that i've actually i haven't ever done triple d unfortunately mm-hmm. but um yeah duh well we should probably have those guys on too but uh Triple D, you know, they start off and you start running across farm fields and up farm trails. Yeah. And 
snowmobile trails yep. and 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 it's up and down over hills and down a hunk, hunk was it hunk pillar b road oh humpkey 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 that's it yeah the, that's the famous b road over there yeah. and mm-hmm. uh then you end up getting dumped out on the, the heritage heritage trail. trail which goes to dyersville and yep. after, after that point it's basically just a flat railroad grade thing but um yeah i the, guess i guess it would be even more of like a gravel-ish type uh that by grace than ours you know it's also got that ultra long distance well, yeah yeah. around that biking what is it what's the long distance for triple b 65 uh, miles it's 70 now is it 70 yeah, now? 70. yeah. they changed the format up once uh lansard andre uh it's always been at least a metric so yeah they uh now you don't go out and back on the bike path as much you uh kick gotcha. out to a gravel road section to take mm-hmm. you to durango so you don't you know on a bike path all day. <laughs> yeah, that got kind of monotonous after yeah. coming if you come back from Dyersville. Yep. But uh that's their race we're talking tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just saying that that the, his event sounds like a yeah. a, a lot like yeah. the first part of of uh Triple D because and that was always my favorite part of it because once you got in the bike path it was mind-numbingly boring, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> This is probably more like the greatest hits, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, uh, there's always there's a little bit of open road riding, but it's you know it's probably a couple miles total out of the thirty ish. Everything else, you're, you know, I I kind of built this like the way I like to ride when it's cold. Like I like to be sheltered yeah. in the woods. Yeah, know? I got you. So I try to minimize the time you're out in the open. Um, so that that B road I was mentioning, that's one of the areas where you're not secluded and i mean it's freaking brutal so oh, yeah. if i can keep people in the, uh, as much as possible um and just kind of non-stop fun and you're not you're not out there too much uh just getting hit by the wind suffering so sure you know even though the past two uh <clears throat> events we did were negative negative temps with wind chill you know when you're in the woods it, it doesn't feel all that bad right so what time of year is this again it's been the second weekend of February okay. for the past five years. Um, based off my uh, experience riding, you know, the past 15 years in Iowa, I've kind of felt like that's almost consistently guaranteed to be the coldest, snowiest weekend. Yeah, uh, for sure on snow. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. We were I just mean, joking uh, about that before another, we... I'm sorry. We were just joking about that before we had you on about how your event was one of the only fat bike races in Iowa that actually had snow. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. We've done it five years now. And we've never had to cancel yeah. or postpone for mud or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the other Iowa City fat bike race, the uh, I forget what they called it, but fat enduro of some sort. It was at um, some local trails in Iowa City, Cherry Tree Blood Trails. I mean, that race was in January, I think. Yep. And they got canceled three years in a row because yep. it was muddy. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and, Triple D, and Triple D's had trouble in the past, too, with, you know, freeze-thaw and, you know, not having enough snow and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. The first year we did it, we did it in March. Because uh, that was the first year we, you know, <clears throat> we were working with the Lions Club, and they were kind of skeptical of doing it when it was cold. You know, because they just, they're not really bikers, you know, they sure. don't really understand. Yeah. 
They don't understand nut cases. So we kind of compromised on March. It was the first year. So, you know, after we did that first year and it was a huge success, then they, I kind of gained their trust more. I was like, listen, we have to do this three weeks earlier because it's a fat bike race. It's supposed to be in the snow, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so, and so ever since then we've done it in February and, um, it's, you know, not only has there been snow most of the years, but it's, I mean, freaking frigidly cold. So yeah, just we're what you want. hoping for that perfect year where it's like, you know, in the 20s and we've got a ton of nice groomed snow. Like, um, so maybe this will be the year. Yeah. Well, hopefully it is. I Gen- think you got the right month, though. That's for sure. Generally, <laughs> uh, Nate's uh, swag table is uh, pretty stocked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that's um, you know, I'm just another part of being being the bike shop manager and also running a race. You know, I've got all these vendors, um, in our shop. You know, in particular, since we don't sell any of the big bike brands, we've just got a ton of vendors because we're not locked into, you know, the ecosystem carrying stuff from just one yeah. brand. So I've got yeah. a huge list of vendors that I can ask for stuff. That's and, nice. This year, people are already reaching out to me, like wanting to give me stuff. I haven't even had to nice. uh, start asking. So that's that's the first where someone approached me and was like, "Hey, I want to give you stuff." Makes your life a lot easier, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. That's don't go, good. don't go changing that recipe. Something's right. Yeah, no kidding. And where can people find out more about this race? Uh, we so I just started on Instagram, um, but there's Facebook. Yeah. Instagram, uh, and then the Sugar Bottom Bikes website has okay. like a page dedicated to the race. Um, so you can go to sugarbottombikes.com and just on our home splash page there, one of the first like banners is uh, to, you know, get the, that's like our home base. You know, you can access Facebook, Instagram, and Bike Reg once that's open will all be linked to from there. Um, okay. We'll get those uh, links in our show notes for you, too. I think registration goes live on the 2nd of December, correct? Uh, Nope. Uh, Registration opens Friday, this Friday at 8 a.m. sorry. I had 2 December in my brain. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yep. So um, that's a different race that opens up on December 2nd. Um, So I'm doing mine uh, this Friday, 8 a.m., um, that's about what two months, yeah, three months time. before race yep. day. So, um, give everybody a chance to start getting registered now. Nice, good. Nate, Nate used to hand out awards to the first five registrants. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to ask fun. me how I know? Because <laughs> you were one of them. No, because one year I was number six, and ah. he sent me a DM on Facebook. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> ha. Uh, you were DFL, I actually huh? don't even remember that. I might have to, uh, yeah, we might have to do that again. That's funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, it gets people motivated to get on there early and register early. I mean, yeah. as a former race director, I kind of like knowing that people are coming. Yeah. You, know? you do like you can start Yeah, planning. I mean, in this. This is uh, capped at 200. Um, last year we had 187 registered. So, um, yeah, I mean, there is a chance yeah. it could sell out. Well, and that's always good, though. Solon is a small town, but it's right next to Iowa City. So, if you're coming from out of state, you got Iowa City or you got Cedar Rapids to stay at. And 
is relatively close. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's actually like a bougie, uh, bougie new hotel in Stolen, actually. Oh, really? So, um, wow. <clears throat> yeah, it's like some, I haven't looked into it too much, but I think it's some <laughs> old building that they renovated and um, made a bunch of cool hotel rooms. So it might be kind of pricey. I haven't looked. I'm assuming it is just based off the pictures, but um, there is now an option in Stolen. So, so I might reach out to them and we can arrange some sort of block pricing or something for the weekend. Holy cow. Now someone's going to be like a suburb of Iowa city now, huh? No, it yeah. will, it will take over. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I haven't been down that way in a while. Um, interesting fact about Nate. Let's yeah. just switch weather here a little bit. He won the inaugural core Four 100 mile race. And not only that, he helped put it on. Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> Which do you like better, being a race director or having influence and in partaking? Uh, I think it's good for me to – I like that I have one event where I'm doing everything. And because I need I need a break this time of year. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually um, – you know, I race I – race March through November, March through October. And I'm somebody that needs to have something else to focus on and time off for December, January, and then February, they start ramping back up. So, you know, the fat bike race is in February and I usually plan like a a rest week, uh, the week of the event. So I'm focused on the event full time. I'm not riding at all really that week. And I'm also not going to race it, you know, because I'm, I'm doing the uh, timing for it. I'm getting everything, uh, you know, prepared for the last minute. I'm the main, I'm the, I'm the race director for Lake McBride, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I like that that's my job there. And then core four, I'm part of a, a team, a big team. <clears throat> um, you know, there's five of us now technically, and I'm able to, uh, you know, be part of that and also, uh, race it. So, you know, it was a very interesting, surreal thing to be in charge of the route creation and, you know, running the bike reg and marking the course, the core four. And then I actually did that event. I mean, that was pretty surreal, you know, to actually wind up. This is, we've been working on this for over a year now. So hard and now I'm going to do it. Um, and I think it was it was also really good I was able to do it because I'm able to experience firsthand like what everybody is experiencing, and you know to some extent I can I can help make it better now because I've done it. Um, yeah, I was going to actually actually ask you to touch on that. I'm glad you brought that up because you're you've mentioned that you were in a unique place, and having been a race director myself. I, I can see what you're talking about, but maybe if you could uh, maybe dive a little bit deeper into this. What What is it you think being the race director on one hand and then being the racer on the other hand, what, what does that bring to the table that just being a race director, you wouldn't get that or just being a racer, you wouldn't get that maybe. Well, I wouldn't, so I, I wouldn't call myself the race director for core four. Um, Alex Boomeyer, he's the, he's the race director, mm-hmm. um, but so, you know, once I finished marking the course, 
Friday, um, you know, I basically spent all week marking the tour four course and kind of grooming some of the less maintained sea roads. <clears throat> and then leaving shakeout ride Friday. Once I finished my shakeout ride Friday, um, oh, after that, then I went and set up the Sugar Bond Bikes aid station. Once I was finished with that Friday night, then I became a racer, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and then, you know, meanwhile, Alex is at Wilson's doing all the infrastructure set up, which is, you know, I didn't have to do any of that. Mm-hmm. So thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it, it was a big, you know, that was a big project. Right. Um, it was. I want to know what but, you think you maintained on that C road. <laughs> brother you wouldn't have wanted you didn't see it before man <laughs> i'm just saying by the time i got there there was probably about 40 people walking their bikes and all i saw was matted grass and i was like i know i can ride this but you know by the time you're in that human train you just kind of go yeah. with the vibe what's yeah. going on so we mowed that we mowed it and then uh one of my friends and customer of the shop ethan sabers he he mowed it and then I went back out because, you know, he mowed it, but there was grass everywhere. And I didn't want so that first sea road. We're hitting that early in the morning. It's wet. And then there's just long grass everywhere. I didn't want 500 people to come out of there with oh, grass, right. like clogging their drag train sure. and soaking wet feet, you know. So another customer of the shop, Jeff Rinke and I, we went out and we raked it like mm. Wednesday um, with just like lawn rake, you know, that whole stretch. <laughs> yeah but see um, I, I i think that's part of what i'm trying to get at is because you're a racer and you're helping put on that race you understood that could be a problem where some people that put on yeah. a race wouldn't understand that right yeah. so i think that yeah. th- that bring you brought that that knowledge and that experience that you could look at that and go hey this is a problem and we need to address it where a lot of people wouldn't have had that knowledge and experience that you have to know yeah. what to do. Well, one thing I'll say about core four that I really, really liked and Nate did hit it. He uh, was the markings. Mm-hmm. There was the warning marking probably about a hundred yards before left turn ahead. And then when you got to the intersection, there was a confirmation arrow taking you to the left. Mm-hmm. So he had two markings. He had, mm-hmm. okay, left turn, right? And then once you hit that intersection, there was a confirmation of, mm-hmm. yes, turn this way. And, you know, a lot of races, they just put down a orange chalk right. arrow or something. Right. So, hey, thanks for that. Even though I had the route on the GPS still, you know, it, you don't always have to have heads down racing, right? right? Yeah, and we do that. I do that with McBride as well. You know, we do the GPS and, and the signs both. Um, you know, just, just to make sure that when people still miss turns, you know, there's no avoiding it. The, sure, yeah. the type of events that both of these events, there's so many, you know, there's what I would call single track in both McBride and core four. And there's also roads that aren't roads. So you can't, you can't really build a route on right of GPS by pointing and clicking because it can't, you know, find the stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that presents its own problem, but, that's why, you know, there's got to be, you know, this is hard stuff too. So, yeah. but we do it and I do it because that's the kind of event I want to put on. Like, right. Um, where, where you're doing this stuff that nobody has seen and nobody rides. I just followed the water bottles inside the single track. <laughs> <laughs> there was the yeah, bread man, trail. I, 
later that week when I was tearing down course tape at Sugar Bottom, there was like these spots where it looked like people had just gathered to like collect themselves and there's just piles of bottles in a few spots. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, wow. I saw someone just sitting at Cyclocross Hill, just sitting in the shade, just plucking dandelions, contemplating life. <laughs> it's, it's good that events do that for people, actually, you know? Thanks. Yeah, thank I mean, you. There's a, there's, um, a, there's a place for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess throwing you the curveball, where do you see uh, gravel racing or gravel riding going in the future? I, I hope more people are going to do what, you know, what I'm trying to do, which is, um, and this goes for both McBride and Core 4. I mean, Lake McBride was, six years ago but i wanted to make sure i incorporated like all these different terrains or surfaces if you will just like uh, core four is doing now um and so you know what i'm excited about is uh these multi-terrain events uh bwr kansas is doing it rule of three obviously which you know that's where the idea for core four came um that's what i'm excited about some of the things that worry me are i mean and this is on everybody's mind there's so many damn events um and you know that's fine but you know are you are you doing an event that's uh, setting yourself apart from others or is it just someone that's like, oh man, these are gravel roads by my house and I just think they're special and I want to share them with everybody. And, you know, you got a hundred people in Iowa that are, they're trying to do that. And I just, I just think we got to be careful that we don't have too many events, you know, and you got, you got race directors, couple, I think there's a couple of series in Iowa now where one person's putting on five or six races. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got two people doing that now that's what 10 11 12 races now just the two people are holding and you know i think a, a, a few races this year said we're done we're not doing races anymore because nobody's coming so i think that's a problem when you have some race directors are pulling out because no one's coming and then you got new people coming in that are adding five six events to the calendar yeah um, i think the markets will the market will decide yeah and um that's always been going on yeah I mean, there's events I can think of that happened 10, 15 years ago that happened once or twice and went away. And, you know, you're going to get that. Yep. That's just how it goes. Dave and Mabel had that uh, prairie yeah. burn. Yeah. Not prairie burn. Yeah. Pedal the Prairie 101. Yeah. He had one good year. Then the second year, it kind of nobody no showed, showed up. up. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it just it, things like that ebb and flow. And yep. um, some events catch on and catch fire and, and get going. And some never do, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so it just depends on, on, uh, p- people vote with their dollars or vote yeah. with their particip- participation in the, in the case of free events. So, um, I mean, you know, you look at Chris Gogan put on Almanzo and it was free. And next thing you know, he had over a thousand people showing up, you know, same route, Why, same route, you know, <laughs> same recipe. He, what was he doing? That was, you know, there's some, something special about it that people caught, it caught fire for whatever reason. Who could, who could do that again? You know, I mean, who who Mm -hmm. could replicate that? I don't think anybody could. So I I will say for core four, they, uh, what I did like about it was the, 
um, aid station going into and out of um, Sugar Bottom, going into a single mm-hmm. track. One central point, it was the same exact aid station. You just went on one side of the gate one way and other side of the gate the other way. And uh, yeah, so that was smart and efficient for them, right? They I've, were able I've to. I've seen that done at other events too. That's a good good thing to do. Yeah, just for logistics and keeping things simpler and yep. yeah, reduces mm-hmm. volunteer staff and all that. Yep, and it also wasn't something where like we didn't make the route on purpose to do that. That's just what the route did, and we put the aid station there. Yeah. So. You know, there was no sacrifice in route in order to make one aid station for two mm-hmm. points. Um, same with the uh, aid station at the other single track. We also passed by that twice. And again, that's just, that's what the course did. And that's where we put it. It wasn't like, we're going to come back here and yeah. hit this again. It was you just know? a happy accident, huh? Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Well, yep. That's good for you. <laughs> we'll, we'll stop stealing your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so um, as long as we're talking about core four, I mean, that's going to happen again next year. So why don't we tell people where they can find out more about that and what the date is and when the registration opens and all the good stuff of, that goes on with that. Yeah. So core four registration opens December 2nd. Um, that's where you got that date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got, we got McBride on Friday and then December 2nd, you got to sign up for core four. Um, so, and core four is going to happen when and in 2023 that's august 19th august 19th okay yep saturday august 19th um that's quite a ways out but do you foresee the same format and no big changes or are there or is there something in the works um as far as route goes it'll be very close um you know when we when we made the route and leading up to it I was like, I'm going to do a different route next year and just totally different. And then you know, I, would, I wouldn't recommend that. I, I don't know why, but I think I know somebody that would tell you not to do that. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> after we, after we had the event, you know, and then I'm like hearing people talk about it and I'm realizing like, you know, the, the, I fell, I camped out at Wilson's too. We have free camping and yeah. I, I fell asleep to like three guys from Minnesota just telling war stories <laughs> about, the event and I'm like, these guys are going to go back and they're going to bring six more people. And remember and like, when we were here last those, year and yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I want those people that they bring to experience the same thing. Right. I don't want them to, right. to be like, man, you guys said this was going to happen and this is going to happen and it didn't like, what's up with that? Like I want them yeah. at right. least for the second year, I want people to get the same, uh, you know, right. the same experience. I mean, you've yeah. been to Dakota five so. I mean, they do a forward year or a clockwise year and a counterclockwise. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess if you want mm-hmm. to change it up, that's always, well, you got single track. That's one direction at single at sugar bottom. Never mind. I'll be quiet. <laughs> I, I think it'll be 95 or more percent yeah. the same, yeah. you know? Well, you know, you just mentioned you had those happy accidents with your aid station placements and stuff. And, you know, do, do you really want to lose that just to change the course? I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's something that's valuable to you, I'm sure, and valuable to participants. So um, why change that, you know? Yeah. And part yeah. of me's happy yeah. you didn't put cycle across hill, but the other sadistic part of me was really, really curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the spot where, you know, people have gotten injured there historically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just mountain biking. Um, 
that's on a mountain bike. So it's just, there's just too much momentum and, and inertia right. to right. send people through that. So. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I think that's interesting that um, that was your answer to Dave on that because I don't think a lot of people understand that event directors stay up late at night thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's not normal stuff for people to think about. You know, that route. I mean, only event directors really sweat those kinds of details. And I think that's, it's a good thing that you brought that up because I think people need to understand that, you know, you're, you're not just someone that uh, is throwing the gates open and collecting money and, you know, go have a good time. This is a lot of sweat and tears and thought and, you know, heavy lifting and, and there's a lot that goes on to put on an event. And that's one of the things that I know that event directors sweat that detail to the nth degree, you know, making sure people are going to be okay. So yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think as far as like losing sleep over stuff, I mean, I, I would go so far as to say that, you know, creating a route in this experience for people is, is almost like a form of art, you know? Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, and you're, everybody's experiencing this thing. Essentially you created that just like someone painting a painting. Right. Um, yeah. So. It gets personal. And if, and you mentioned, you know, falling asleep to those guys yakking about their experience at core four and that put a big smile on your face, I'm sure because that meant that you did something good or your team did something good. And, uh, in con and on the flip side of that, if you hear people complaining about it, it hurts as an event director. I mean, you, you take that personally. You, how can you not? Right. Yeah. And you've, you've poured your, you've poured a lot of yourself into these kinds of things. So that's, I think that's true for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on the complaining too. If they're complaining about that, it was, fucking hard that makes me smile well yeah so. <laughs> you got a point there <laughs> you're right <laughs> it, uh, you know i think that i don't I, I don't know what it is but i think i handle the the negative pretty good like i i know that overall most you know enough people said good things that if, if a few people said bad things i'm able to brush it off sure. and so, you know, I, I chalk up most complaining to people didn't do their research yeah, or yeah. they didn't come prepared, you know, yeah. it's like, so it's, it's easier to brush it off if you look at it that way, I think it's, but in, you know, really that's what most of the complaining is about. Yeah. At least from what I've heard, it's like, well, you didn't, you know, like when I went and did rule of three, like I freaking poured over the details about what I was going to mm. be doing. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was intimidated and I, I didn't take that lightly. Like I, I skimmed every inch of that website, every photo on their Instagram, every right. caption, you know, there's, there's information there that's helpful. And, yeah. you know, if you're not going to do your due diligence and read through all the information, like, um, you know, you're going to, your expectations are going to be wrong. And that's when, that's when people complain, you know? Yeah. yeah. And like this year going into core four, I was watching chatter on Strava and other places, people complaining about the uh, routes down at Sugar Bottom. And first thing went through my head was, A, you've probably never ridden there because you're complaining about it. And two, do you now value your front suspension at least? <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. not to brag or boast, but I was on the Naughty Girl uh, configured as a single speed, you know, and I was railing the single speed and 
I learned yet again, speed is your friend. Yeah. You know? Well, we knew that when mountain bikes are rigid. Yeah. You know, if you tried to pick your way through a rock garden, you were going to go over the bars. Yeah. So, you know. Just, <laughs> just transfer your weight a little bit on yeah. the rear wheel and try to get a manual going and you'll, you'll yeah. zip over it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Nate's a way better mountain biker than I am. Well, That's I think I think mountain biking <laughs> is a great skill to have as a gravel rider. Yeah. People that come from the mountain biking side have a lot easier time with gravel than people that come from the road biking side. I think. Yeah. Just my well, from my observations of it. So I think that's Yeah, true. I mean I think it's you know, I think going forward like I said, I hope that gravel's gonna go in the direction I I wanna take it, which is a little more technical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um you know, even like Holberg is uh, something where a mountain biker is has a huge advantage just from the descent. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it, you it, haven't it, ridden it the years where it's a uh, um, rows of lines down the hill where they laid yeah. fresh gravel, and you're you're inside mm-hmm. of like a six inch line going down the hill. Yeah, I mean it's almost dangerous. <laughs> some of the some yeah. of the people doing these gravel events with no, um, you got triathletes that are yeah you know discovered yeah. discovered Zwift during the pandemic and decided they want to do this gravel thing. And some of those guys are freaking dangerous. Yeah, uh, you know I know there's, there's some people that uh, they go out and they crash every gravel race they do. <laughs> um, and it's important to develop some skills. I yeah. think before you get to do these, because someone, you know, if you crash and take yourself out, that's one thing, but um, I don't want to get taken out by someone with zero bike handling skills. So, sure. you know, I don't know how to, how to maybe, maybe that's something that, uh, you know, how do we approach that? Like, you no, know, gravel's I, the worst. there's no rules. So like, how do you kind of get it out there? That Well, know, even if there were rules, how would you, how would you keep those people from crashing out? Take an right? aptitude test. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, like, I, I think part of what it what has to happen is what you already said. You you have to be diligent in you know looking at the event. Also, event directors, and I'm not directing this at you, Nate, but just event directors in general have to like just drill that. Hey, I've got some sections in my course that are gonna challenge your skill level and if you don't feel like you have that skill level maybe you don't want to come and i think that's a legit thing for event directors to say i think a lot of people are afraid to say that because they don't want to put anybody off but not every event's for everybody yeah you know and so i think it's okay to say hey look we're going to send you down this single track and if you're not a a mountain biker this is going to be maybe over your head and just Mm -hmm. you know just to set the expectation and then yeah. if that person goes and they get they see that and they're like, oh, I remember the guy said that this could be really, really hard, and he wasn't kidding, and so I'm gonna get <laughs> off I'm gonna get off my bike here and walk down instead of trying this out. And so what what have you what you've done as a, an event director is you've set an expectation that that person now has a better better way to discern what to do. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's just what that's just one of those things that when you have a course that's technical, uh, that's how you have to try to help people um, determine whether they're going to be able to first come to the event, whether they even want to come, and then secondly, 
when they get there, they realize that this was something that was talked about. And this is something that this was an expectation that was set out there. So I shouldn't be surprised. And if you are surprised, you weren't listening. So (laughs) an example of that is, uh, you've been up to Schwam again. Do you know wall street? Uh, I don't remember the streets or anything. No, wall street's a probably like a little 50 yard section up there in the trail. Um, Tim Kruger was putting on the Schwamigan 100, and he goes, Wall Street's on the route. If you know what I'm talking about, ride at your discretion. If you have no idea what Wall Street is, go left. You will go left. You will not ride Wall Street. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah and But he had an option, so. Yeah, he had an option, and going left really didn't take you any extra time. And uh, it was literally you rode down straight down a rock face for about like 30 feet. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's really 10 feet, but it looked like 30 feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went on Wall Street. <laughs> there, there was there was something like that in the Chihuahua 40 back in the day where you, you climbed up the backside of this uh, bluff, and it was a gradual climb. And then when you got to the top, it was a straight down for like 20 or 30 yards. That was probably right Wall Street. Off, right off the top of this bluff. It was in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Yeah, it was Wall Street. Yeah, and then <laughs> then he ended up like in this big open field just raging down this hill and then he came into the came into the finish not long after that. So, yeah. Well, Nate, your registration opens for Lake McBride this Friday on the 18th on Bike Reg at 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, right? Yeah, 8 a.m. Um, cap 200 people. I think we're going to hit it this year. Um, you don't feel like riding right now, you will in a couple months. <laughs> You'll be itching to get out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the winter starting the way it has. So. Yeah. Yeah. Is there um, anything else you would like to add? Let me think. What else can we say? <laughs> um, yeah. So, I'll just say a few more things about uh, Lake McBride, I guess. Um, So, again, this is kind of a partnership between Soul and Lions Club and Sugar Bottom Bikes, and all the money we raise goes to the Soul and Lions Club for charitable causes. Um, I think we've raised about 22K over five years. That's awesome. For them, you know, and they've done things like, you know, some of that money went to build the Soul and Firehouse. some of it went to put new signs up at Lake McBride State Park. Lions Club does all sorts of good stuff for the community. They buy cochlear implants for people, you know, pay lunch bills that are due for in-need kids, you know, you name it. So uh, that's where all the money goes for that. So Nice. And then uh, Sugar Bottom Bikes is, is helping out because they let you work on the event there. So give them a shout out and uh, – and that's, yeah, that's I mean, awesome. we have we have lots of other sponsors every year. I'm not sure this year who, mm-hmm. um, you know, Lions Club is kind of doing their own thing, getting sponsors. Mm-hmm. So um, that's their end. I'm just doing core stuff and getting prizes collected. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the race is about 32-ish miles of pea gravel trail, multi-use trail, snowmobile trail, hiking trail. We may cross a spillway in which you have to hoist your bike up on top of a cliff. Um, we haven't ever done that, but <laughs> it's always been something we wanted to do. <laughs> this might be the year. 
Um, there's some gravel. There's maybe a B road. Fastest finishers usually do in two hours. Some people are out there five to six hours. Nice. Um, there's also a three-person team. Okay. Where uh, the, the three riders have to kind of ride together and finish together. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you know, your weakest link, you have to take care of that person. Um, I mean, we had five teams of three last year. So, um, and that was pretty fun. Everyone that did the team event had fun. Uh, and then we also offer that 11-ish mile fun ride, which is just a chance to, you know, ride along the lake trail there and get out and get some exercise, fresh air. That's a non-competitive event, um, 100% non-competitive. That's just ride out to the Bacon Station checkpoint and then ride back. Nice. So um, that's for your casual fat biker that just wants kind of a community event, social event, get out there with other people and ride. Um, we do have age groups, lots of fun prizes and stuff. Um, anything, and yeah, so, anything social around the uh, McBride race? You know, after party or anything like that? Uh, the after party's great. We historically we've had um, bands play. Um, you know, we do a big award ceremony. Everybody's eating food, drinking, having a good time. Nice. So, um, you know, we even, this is kind of interesting. We were probably one of the only events to happen in 2020, uh, because it was February. Right. You hit uh, it before. Yeah. So we were, we were 200 people crammed into the clubhouse just partying, uh, a month before, you know, shit hit the fan with COVID. Um, and then 2021 we did a, you know, people were still being cautious a, right. a year later. But we still we still did it, you know. We had a social distance option where people could just go and start whenever they wanted, and then we also had a mass start for those people that were okay with it. Mm-hmm. So um, we still had a decent mass start crowd in 2021. Um, yeah. So a little fun fact about uh, our race and how we were able to, you know, not miss any time racing because of the pandemic. Right. So that's um, cool. But yeah, the after party I think is is a pretty good one, and you know, compared to you know anything else, just based on the location, you're essentially, you know, at this restaurant bar on a golf course. Nice, so, yeah, yeah. They have pretty good crinkle cut fries. I like definitely worth it. Crinkle cut fries are awesome. <laughs> well, thanks Nate for being on with us. Uh, we're going to let you go now, and. Uh, We'll put all the links to the Lake McBride fat bike race in the uh, show notes and uh, we'll get this out and make sure that you get registered for this folks. It's going to be a good time. Thanks, Nate. Awesome. Thank you guys. Have a good day, buddy. Bye. 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 All right. That was Nate Kolbaum from Iowa city. Yes. Good guy. Good guy. We even got to talk about core four. Core four. <laughs> um anything else we need to talk about there's well, probably not going to be a pod during the week of uh, thanksgiving, thanksgiving yeah, yeah. Well, this will probably go out right before thanksgiving so uh wish you all out there a happy thanksgiving if you choose to celebrate such thing um you know and we'll be back afterwards with uh, the next riding gravel radio ranch thanks for listening and thanks to bike rags for what they do and uh, we'll talk to you next time on the riding gravel radio ranch